Hi, I'm Curtis Herbert. I'm Alice Zhao. And I'm Jelly, aka Daniel Farrelly. And this is Independence, a show where the three of us talk about our efforts to make a living for mobile. So wait, Alice, who the heck are you? How'd you get in our Skype channel? You're new here. I don't know, but maybe I'm part of the new Doctor Who team. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, so so for the uh, unaware from last week's episode, um, Belle unfortunately had to leave Independence um, and focus more on her business and some efforts that she's trying to ramp up over there. So we were left without a third. Um, but I had met Alice back at Release Notes a couple years ago, and we've had a lot of great discussions over the year about our businesses. So I thought she would be a wonderful new companion to keep up with the Doctor Who reference, but not really companion, co-host. But thanks for joining us. I'm really glad you could be here. I'm glad to be here as well. Really, I think, Curtis, it's just that we can't stand to be in the same room as each other without somebody there to be, act as a buffer. Yeah, there would be a GIF versus GIF war within five seconds. Oh, no. and yeah, I mean, just, I'd win that one, but I, it would be... And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so tonight, I wanted to talk a little bit. Uh, it's been a lull period for me, which lets me kind of get ready for the winter, which is good. But dealing with customer interactions. And I think traditionally, we think of this more as kind of the help support role. And there's kind of a secondary to this of having those interactions somehow publicly visible, at least the good ones, to kind of prove to people that you are a responsible developer, business owner, whatever, who actually gives a damn about your users. Um, because let's be honest, for a lot of people, they feel like that's pretty rare. Yeah. Good support can definitely turn people's opinions of your app and your business. It's it's a rarity in the Facebook age. So I'm, I really wanted to get into how do you two deal with it? What tools do you use? All kinds of stuff like that. So I, I think the first logical question on this conversation we'll have is, where do you two deal with your support, social media, app store rating responses, email, you know, where, where do you focus your efforts there? So I work on Gus on the go, which is, which are language apps for kids. And we don't get a ton of emails, but that's where I usually work from is through emails. And one of the best stories actually I can come up with was early on, we started um, creating language apps and we didn't have any money because we were only making, you know, $30 a month. Whoever does. <laughs> we're indies here. <laughs> That's what happens. And we wanted to roll out in new languages. Um, so we were at that time using friends that we knew could speak different languages or that were native speakers. And probably the first mistake we ever made was that we, we used someone who wasn't native Russian to do, record the Russian version. And we didn't realize it because we don't, neither of us speak Russian. So we released the app and we got a, you know, one star review saying that the voice artist was not a native speaker. We were extremely horrified um, and took down the app. But my first instinct was to just run away and just pretend it didn't happen and, and <laughs> leave, leave it, find a new recording, a, <laughs> a voiceover artist later and, um, you know, re-release it and not address it necessarily. And at that time, we had a mailing list specifically for people interested in the Russian language app. And so we sent out an apology and said, Hey, by the way, we realized, uh, we released an app that wasn't authentic. And we apologized and we sent it out thinking no one would ever respond. Well, it turns out the person who had written the one star review just happened to be on that mailing list. Oh, nice. <laughs> and she emailed this amazing email about how this is incredible, responsible action that she did not expect from developers. And so funny enough, she's the one that re-recorded it for 
<laughs> and then she's also recording our newest language app in Russian as well. So we nice. were shockingly able to turn a one-star review into our best ally for the Russian language apps. <laughs> I do find that that can be the case, right? Like I've had I've had that with some of the situations that I've had with reviews where somebody will res- like send you an email or something and it's just this it's this awful awful thing yeah. and your first instinct <laughs> is to like just just dive and and kind of cry for a week and deal with it uh deal you know, let somebody else deal with it no the the idea alice and i had was to start a slam poetry night reading those reviews because that'd be great <laughs> yeah yeah be the best. yeah totally mean tweets oh, it's, it's like the it's like the um you know the the actors read mean tweets thing on late yep. night TV. yes yep. yeah yeah yep. it's the same thing and i've had similar situations where where people will write initially and they're just like this is awful you shouldn't have done this and it's broken and whatever and sending an email, like sending a response back and being, for lack of a better word, being human back at yeah, them. Empathetic. Yeah. Being empathetic, being understanding, being like making sure that you're, you know, that you're on the ball and taking action about these things, treating them as if they're real people and, and being a real person yourself. Uh, it helps so much. It helps so much to change the way that people, uh, see you, if that makes sense, because, a lot of the times I think customers, you know, they see something like gift wrapped and they think that, you know, there's a team behind it and there's a whole bunch yep, of people. I get that all the time. It's someone yeah. like Facebook. And so they're gonna, just going to send an email into the void and they might get an, a robot response or something. But then they get, you know, a response from this one guy <laughs> who apparently writes all the stuff as well and does everything. And it's just, it, you know, it, I think it, sometimes it blows people's minds. It does. Oh, it really does. Yeah. We have 32 languages and people, because we've rolled out in so many languages, everybody assumes we're this giant team with linguists <laughs> and teachers on hand. And really, it's just me and Yano. So they're always 100% shocked that there's only two people behind Gus on the go. Yeah, it definitely can turn a conversation around a lot. And I, I think is on your point of being empathetic, Jelly, there was, I don't know if you remember, Alice, uh, she spoke at release notes, uh, Sarah Hatter, I think is the last name. Yes, that was The her. customer support lady from last year. Mm-hmm. She had a great book I was reading about basically how to sound empathetic and good without sounding like a robot, without sounding like those automated emails, like we apologize for the inconvenience and stuff like that, and right. kind of how to turn your phrases around. And just saying, I'm sorry. You can start by <laughs> not saying that, you know, we apologize for the inconvenience. Just you well, know, In other so- words, like, thank you for the feedback. She always has the point <laughs> yeah. that, like, what do you think of feedback? That's just nails on a chalkboard, like, through a radio or something. Like, feedback's not a good word. Like, a yeah. lot of vocabulary changes that you can make, and they've definitely helped my customer support situation over the last, like, year and a half. I've gotten more positive responses from people as I emailed them out. But I digress. So it sounded like the two of you mostly use email. That's yeah. correct. I use Twitter as well. I have a rule of, you know, meet people where they are as far as yeah. mm. goes. So if somebody tweets at me with your know, problems, I will do my utmost, uh, sometimes to the detriment of not actually being able to figure out the problem, to converse with them where, where we're talking, uh, where we're already talking. So if they tweet at me and I've got a thing that I have to send like five tweets to explain, then I will try doing that first. And part of that has kind of driven me to start uh, writing more 
for lack of a better word, knowledge-based articles. Of, sure, you know, things you like, can link to in a tweet. <laughs> things that I can link to to say, oh, well, I've already actually written something about that, so let's. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to point you at that and let me know how it goes. But uh, as a general rule, I try to, as much as possible, wherever they've you know started the conversation, I will continue it until it becomes too problematic and I mm-hmm. have to send, I say, um, look, I need something from you. Can you send me an email or something like that? Yeah, I've kind of begrudgingly made that switch over the last year, um, especially once we got the notion of replying to comments and reviews. I think, who was I talking to? I think it was Jean McDonald from App Camp for Girls. And she did customer support for Smile Software, if I remember correctly. And one of the points that she made was what you said, you've got to meet your customers where they're trying to meet you. And I was originally thinking like, oh, I won't reply to reviews, but I've been much more active on Facebook and Twitter over the last eight, nine months, maybe. And they've yielded lots of positive interactions. I hate that I have to do stuff in those tool sets, yeah. but otherwise I feel like you're potentially leaving a customer feeling like you're not helping them. Right. It's hard though, because <laughs> they're those tools are not meant for this. Or worse, you end up with a situation where like large companies, they will respond to tweets, but their response to tweets are things like, can you DM us? Could with you please your DM us? Yeah. Or even worse, it'll be like, oh, can you submit a support request at this point? And it's just like, that, that's not helpful. I just want, like, I wanted the answer to a question and I, I don't want to have to go through the, your, your process and sign up to your stupid customer support site for yeah. this. Like, this is not what I wanted. I just wanted the answer to a question. You know? Yeah. I, I think it kind of, it tends to, identify you as somebody who actually you know cares and isn't some you know faceless corporation you're you are you are more than that yeah like oh my gosh they're actually on facebook or oh my gosh they're actually on twitter or something like yeah, that and, like, and they actually use it the way that it's intended to be used you know that, that's yeah. something mm. yeah it's definitely less than ideal i miss well and i think this gets me into kind of my follow-up question to that is you both primarily use email which is the same as me do you use any tools on top of email to help manage that? Or does this all live in your Outlook, mail.app, whatever your email client of choice is, and you just triage it through that? That's pretty much the only way I've been doing it. I do have canned emails or responses, kind of much Mm -hmm. like your knowledge base article. You do get the same questions over and over again. So there's definitely a copy (laughs) and paste effort going in there. Especially when you mess up and you have to reply to a lot of emails. (laughs) I don't really use any tool sets on top of it. I did for a while have a a system, like a proper help system, where it was like a forum and the emails that I got just got Mm -hmm. ratted Mm -hmm. into that and was trying to make everything kind of simplified. But I, I found, I actually, I found after a few months that there was a bunch of emails that somehow weren't actually making it into the system. And so I had never oh, seen no. them. Oh. And so I actually went into the email address, like into the account w- of the email to look at this. And there was, there was just months of thing, like questions that oh, I hadn't no. answered because they'd never made it into the system. So at that point, I, I kind of went, well, this is not working and yeah. just switched to using email. So I currently, use i just currently have a gmail account or a gmail apps account i guess because it's, sure yeah and uh i just answer them there using inbox and the only other thing that i really use is obviously my user guide is what i call mm-hmm. it you know to to write articles and uh and, and stuff and that's just something that i've kind of thrown together myself plain text html kind of thing yeah it lives on the website and there is a version in the app for people to look up if they want to but i can also link to it and you know that way i don't if if there's like a there's always 
people that are asking like, how do I save to photos? How do I save gifts to photos? Well, I'm like, yeah. well, you don't want to take have that to answer times. those that question every time because it's like a five step process. But here you go. Here's an email. Here's something I wrote up already, and uh, it gives you all the steps, and I don't have to actually ever think about it again. <sighs> <laughs> happy jelly is happy ha- happy happy yeah the, uh, making that choice to kind of write that stuff up and be a bit more proactive about it has made a huge difference yeah a lot of the times uh, these days if i get a question that sounds reasonable uh like a reasonable thing to add to that list of articles um then i'll i'll write it up like if it's something that i feel like i am answering a lot or I, it's a long kind of a long-winded thing that I'm going to have to, you know, respond with this giant long email to explain it, then I will write it up there. And that way I don't have to, like I can say, I can throw them a link. And if somebody else asks that question, I can just throw them the link. Throw them the same link. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to switch, as I was getting more and more emails, I had to switch to a tool. I've actually been enjoying quite a bit. Uh, Fortunately, it wasn't a disaster like yours, Jelly. I had been using Help Scout. Uh, which pretty much just sits on top of your email and gives you a web interface and a nice mobile app and stuff like that to deal oh, with yeah, it. Okay. But yeah. one of the reasons I really wanted to switch to it was it actually tracks my customers and lumps their conversations together. So it's really easy for me to go in and to be able to look at it and be like, oh, John, you emailed last season with this feedback. By the way, that's coming in the next oh. version. Mm. Or to apologize for repeat problems like, oh, yeah, I see you emailed in last month. I'm sorry. This is the second time you're having to. Fortunately, I don't think I've had to say that yet. But just to have that kind of thread with the customer versus searching in the email. And then additionally, I didn't know until after I signed up, it's really cool. It lets you integrate with your backend. So I am able to, in Help Scout display, they bought a season pass on January 1st and they activated it or it's not activated or like all that kind of backend billing system data that I would normally have to go and query through my SQL database. I just wrote a 15 minute script in PHP that just lets Help Scout talk back and forth to it and find out all the information it needs. So it saves me actually quite a bit of time in that way on top of all the normal niceties of like, you know, having pre-canned replies and FAQ section that I can link to and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, fortunately for me, that's been working out pretty good. I'm curious, how often do you get emails, support emails? Because I don't think we get it that often. And I feel like a lot of people talk about how it's like a barrage of emails where really we just get a slow trickle, maybe a couple or a few a month. So I think that's why I did eventually switch over to using a tool, Mm. especially because I'm so condensed. I get all my emails kind of within a three month period. And then I have some nice off time where I maybe get an email a month. (sighs) Jeez, I could run the numbers, but I, I would guess three to four emails a day. Some days that'll peak up to 12. Oh, wow. But I think on average is probably three to four, mostly around the weekend, which sucks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's somewhere around there. What about you, Jelly? I think I'd be about the same except on a weekly basis. So three to four a week. Oh, okay. Depending on whether or not I've you know screwed something up or whatever, then I might <laughs> yeah. get more. Uh, oh, know, yeah. On the uh, bad days, I'll get a lot worse than that. But <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. where it's on you to test your code. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But yeah, as a general rule, I mean, I I tend to sit down once a week. I try to make sure that I sit down once a week to answer emails and usually I'll go through a a list that sometimes happens. Quite often, I'll leave it maybe a couple of weeks and I'll have like a list of 10 to go through. But it's it's never usually like it's not nothing that I can't I can't deal with. Mm. The biggest problem with leaving it like that is that uh, 
you know, if I've left it like that, then so that means that somebody has emailed like, you know, three weeks ago and they still haven't got a response. And their question was something yeah. s- stupidly simple to answer. So it's, I try to keep on top of it once a week. There's not really much point to doing it more often than that. Oh, yeah. That's where I feel like I definitely have some unhealthy habits here. I have my help system also route into Slack. Um, so I keep Slack open while I'm in work mode. So I get notifications when they come in and I tend to not address them right away, but it does make me have to address them at least once a day because I know it's there and it's bothering me. I don't want to let that customer down. I don't want to lose that customer, which is definitely an unhealthy way to do this. But at least at the moment, I can handle it myself. It might take me an hour every morning during the winter to kind of blow Mm -hmm. through customer support, depending on how complicated the queries are. But I, I know that's not healthy. And eventually, I need a support rep to do that kind of thing. But for now, like, I've had so many positive interactions from A, holy shit, you got back to me. B, holy shit, you got back to me within 48 hours. If they get a one day response like that, I've seen instantly turn customer moods around from like really pissed that they bought this thing. And then you reply to them within 24 hours and you say, hey, I understand you're disappointed. I'm really sorry I screwed up, but don't worry. I will take care of you. If they know that within 24 hours, like they're not fuming the whole time about this really crappy app and feeling worse and worse and worse. So like I have this unhealthy requirement on myself that during the winter, I want to be as active as possible with keeping my customers not mad at me as best I can. <laughs> and it's helped a lot. It definitely helps keep customers around, but it's, I, I fully admit it's unhealthy. So yeah, it's, it's not a great workload. <laughs> That's t- a tough one to walk away from. I don't know about you two, but it's probably the same that you either get emails that are either positively glowing or just really pissed off. And so it's really hard to walk away from someone who's really upset and give them the stew time. So I understand like you don't want that stew time. Yeah, I figure the the less time I have them mad at me, the more likely I am to recover. And like even if I can't necessarily right. fix their problem right away, as long as they feel like they've been heard and acknowledged as like you have a valid problem and not just I'm going to tell you you're an idiot. Like as long as they start to feel human again, mm. I feel like that psychology helps a lot. And that's where, like, I think if I were to ever get, like, an employee, like, part of their role would be customer support because that's something I want to keep going. Like, I feel like that's an important part of running a business is, like, you can't be this faceless blob in the app store. You need every way to stand apart as possible. And customer support is a huge way. And it only really helps if you get enough emails to warrant that. It's like if you're getting an email a week, like, yeah, you don't need a support rep. But at least for me during the winter, I'm starting to get enough where like an hour of my day, like that's taking some time. Yeah, I don't think I've gotten to the point where I need I need a support uh, a support rep, though that does tend to be, I think, the main kind of first employee that people get because it's the sort of thing that you have to like, it's, it needs to be dealt with. It needs to be dealt with on a really timely basis, but mm-hmm. it is really distracting. It is like can be really distracting. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to find that if I try to answer emails when they come in or, you know, first thing in the, in the morning um, every day, then I kind of start putting myself on a back foot when it comes to the actual work that I need to get done in order to make this app function. So, so which is part of the reason why I've basically delegated to a single day. If I can get it all done in a single day, then that day doesn't really matter if I don't get any meaningful work done because I'm going to get meaningful work done on the other days. Oh, that's mm-hmm. a good way to approach it. Yeah, it's it's one of these things where it's about balance, right? Yeah. On on our end, like obviously it, it would mean a lot for them to get an, a response instantly. Like when you when you're requesting support, then, you know, getting a response immediately is like, 
oh my god this is amazing well that's what they expect on facebook like yeah <laughs> i they'll ping me like hey are you there like um <laughs> you you messaged me five hours ago and it was midnight <laughs> give me a second here <laughs> yeah but uh, i i think when it comes down to it you've got to deal with requests when you've got the time to do it because the product is more important than angry customer or even like lovely customer who has <laughs> like a feature you know suggestion or something like it doesn't really matter who they are i think that you you know finding the balance within your own time is is the most important thing yeah i think maybe that's where i'm spoiled in that most of my customer support requests not all of them but they're clustered around the weekend so i kind of get that nice flow of you know a i have to work with a weekend morning which sucks but like if i deal with saturday sunday monday triage the rest of the week, it, it's still there, but it's not nearly as time-consuming, which helps. I was going to start sending you uh, support requests with just photos of snow. And then I remembered I live in <laughs> Australia, and there isn't really that much snow in the first place. Yeah, you got to go to New Zealand, <laughs> New Zealand. for that right now. <laughs> well, I, I, can, you know, I can travel down to Mount Kosciuszko and stuff, Threadbow. Yeah, they've got snow down there, but anyway. So, I was, I was quickly running a report here, and it looks like I got... 975 emails between November 10th and May 1st to my customer support inbox. Now, I will point out that about 100 of those are people replying to my newsletter and saying, hell yes, please send me some slope stickers. Here's my address. I was going to say unsubscribe, but I guess that's not what you're going with that. No. (laughs) No, most of those I think are automatically dealt with. But yeah, so 900 emails in a season was my workload last year. So that's a lot of time. How much do you, we, we've talked about before where you've got a situation where you've got seasonal work where you're, you're, most of your users are at the same time. So how much during that period are you working on actual code or is it mostly, is it mostly support at that point? I think I'm still mostly code. If I had to guesstimate, cause I, I really need to get better at actually tracking this stuff. But if I were to actually guesstimate what I spent, I would guess maybe an hour every morning on support. Rough guess. Okay, and then the rest of it is like code and design and doing all the bits and pieces that you need to do to ship. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm still getting two to three major releases during the season, um, so it's not all time consuming, but it is pretty substantial. So, Alice, do you spend uh, like do you actually do your support stuff hands on? Yeah, I respond to most of the emails if it's something I can't respond if it's like really uh, tech oriented, or it's better if Yano, the developer. <laughs> responds and I hand it off to him. But it's mostly me and all the emails go to the same email inbox. So um whether it's a positive or or a negative email, oh. I will I will get everything. I do tend to try to spend extra time working with the positive emails because I want to actually work with them to make their experience better. Mm-hmm. In the last year I've been working on doing print products that are alphabet posters um, for the individual languages. Because in the app, we don't teach the alphabet. It's all immersion and um, vocabulary or stories. And so none of it is breaking it down by alphabet. So if when I get um, these really positive emails, I want to kind of blow their minds a bit besides just responding within mm, 24 yeah, hours. Yeah. So I try to go to the extra step and give them something physical, which is kind of a surprise uh, you know, you're so used to giving out promo codes and really it doesn't mean a whole lot to them. It means a little bit, but not a ton. And so I've been at working this last year to create alphabet posters uh, in different languages. And so what I do now is I automatically 
send them a poster, whether or not they're in the U.S. or overseas, I'll do it because if you think about it, if we're trying to reach even like a medium audience, I'm spending about 250 on a blogger. And many times their posts don't go as far as you'd like, or at least that's what I've been experiencing. So I try to switch it up this year and I send out these posters and I just, they kind of become like super fans. You're evangelists almost. Yeah. 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 It's a really cool idea. Because <laughs> they're really excited because I'm adding to their experience. Their kids are going to learn more. And so that's just my automatic reaction now for when I get positive reviews. I, I That's really interesting. I, I've never even thought about like just set like randomly sending out physical stuff to people that email. It's a it's definitely a surprise and such a positive thing to get something physical in the mail. How do you deal with getting their address then? Is that something you ask at the end of your support? Yeah. Proceedings with them? Okay. Like, hey, would you like us to send you something? Yeah, I I say I've been working on these posters and I'd love to send you one to help enhance your learning experience. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I've I've been debating like, because I do my slope sticker runs to my mailing list the March of every year or so. And I usually cap that at like 500 people because I have to lick all the envelopes and it's kind of a painful (laughs) process. But like, I've been wondering, I, I was debating over the summer, like, is there a way that I could automatically do that whenever anyone makes an account? Like, because I agree, like that physical product arriving on your doorstep, like I've gotten so many happy emails, people sending me pictures of the stickers on their snowboard, on their skis, on their helmet, their car, wherever. (laughs) Like, and I've been wanting a way to do that more, not organically, but just more a part of the process. And doing that as like a boost on a good customer interaction, I think is really clever that I'm going to have to steal some ideas there. That gives me some ideas. <laughs> I'll have definitely spent more on the uh, customer than they will have ever spent on us in a lifetime. Sure. But at that point, you're doing it at such small scale. Absolutely. Like it's a couple people. Yeah. yeah. And when it comes to the situation that you're trying to create here, where you've got customers who are already positive you know, about your product and you're making them even more positive. Super fans. Yes. Yeah. That is a benefit. Like it's one of those things where that kind of is almost worth the cost, you know? Yeah. yeah. You're creating a lifetime customer as long as you don't screw it up. Or you have a great potential to create a lifetime customer. Yeah. Right. It, it's, you get a lot of loyalty out of that. Cause it's again, like going back to what we were saying earlier, like good support is rare. What you're doing, Alice, is even rarer. Like <laughs> the only time I've gotten physical product was like I did a, what a, I was on, uh, for app figures, like a blog or something like that. And they're like, Oh yeah, thanks for contributing here. Let's give you stuff. Like, but it wasn't a customer support thing. Like I've never gotten that. Yeah. That would blow my mind. So more recently I had a mom who was trying to teach their daughter Romanian and she just flipped out and loved the app and sent me this email and just said, Hey, can I get a few promo codes so I can spread the word? And to be honest, we've done maybe zero, not maybe zero, you know, effort into marketing into the Romanian community just because we didn't know how to. But we we created one because we knew someone who spoke Romanian. Okay. So I actually did not have a Romanian alphabet poster created yet. So I actually also used this opportunity to work with them to curate the poster. And then so they're completely part of the process. So they've created this physical product with me and I send them a ton of posters and they shared it across all their social media. Wow. Uh, We got at least 50 downloads, which is not a lot, but it's a paid app. That's good for a paid app. Yeah. And then they actually, they, I think we sold at least like 20 posters. Um, So I sent them at least 20 
but we also sold maybe 20 as well. And so it all turned out really positive and I created something really amazing for um, a community that, pro- that probably doesn't get a whole lot of attention from like Rosetta Stone or something like that. Yeah, I, I think that's the whole thing is like, we're all trying to find a way to take care of our customers in the hopes that, I mean, we're doing it altruistically. We're truly trying to take care of the people who are supporting our business by giving us money. And that's just part of the contract. But at the same time, I feel like we're going a little bit above and beyond because we do want to find those ways that work for us where it encourages your community to kind of give back to you as a creator, where they helped you generate some buzz in a market that you had no idea how to approach because you went out of your way to be a good business and to take care of your customers. And like, that's uh, the bottom of all my emails for slopes. Whenever I reply to a support request, just a little blurb at the bottom, like signed my name and then just saying like, Hey, did you know reviews are like gold to indie developers? <laughs> if you have a second, click here. Uh, yep. Begging. Oh yeah. Begging. But it works so much better than release notes. Let me tell you, I get so <laughs> many people who they'll say, Oh yeah, I have no problem leaving a review. And then the review shows up like five minutes later. Like, even bad interactions I've had that I've turned around to be something good, like finding those little ways to encourage your customers to give back to you is really, really great. I think it's the only way we can differentiate from the big guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because uh, again, they don't expect it. Right. Yeah. It, well, I mean, it's about being human, right? <laughs> yeah. You, you're being a human. You're being somebody that they can relate to and, you know, a, a, and actually have a conversation with as opposed to some random uniform from a you know giant company or worse like a robot that's just trying to right. like route their conversation it's you, you're, you're actually being somebody that they can relate to and can talk to and know they know that you have feelings yeah. and, and you're currently hurting them with your emails yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're making me cry here's a photo of me crying <laughs> yep. yep that's how it is And to be honest, I do actually genuinely care about these different communities, even though it's part of just my go-to process. I actually want to create products for communities that don't get much attention. And that actually has been some of the best things, the things that keep us going, because they're the ones that love our products the most, because we're willing to work with them. Yeah, Yeah, so you're paying attention to them when someone like Facebook won't. Like, it's just (laughs) most people just focus on the US store, and that's it. And you're going out of your way to focus on all these other languages that, frankly, most people don't even bother localizing, let alone reaching out to them and doing posters and like, so yeah, you're, you're really showing them that you care about your customers, which is, I think, the entire point of customer support. It's finding a way to humanize yourself and to make sure that you treat your customers like humans and take care of them. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, they're giving you money. So you have to take care of them. That's just what you should do as a good business. Agreed. Agreed. So I think that about wraps us up for this week. If you would like to get in touch with us, uh, you can find all of us at independence.fm and you can send us any feedback you'd like at hello at independence.fm. And we will ignore those emails. (laughs) No, we reply, Jelly. (laughs) We'll have a robot reply for us. (laughs) Yes, we'll have a robot reply. I'm sorry for your inconvenience. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for your show's feedback. Nails on a chalk. I love it. (laughs) Uh, So if you would like to find us individually on the web, you can do that too. Uh, You can find me on Twitter as parrots. That's the plural of the bird. You can find me on Twitter at eat a duck I must. (laughs) And I'm also on Twitter as jelly bean soup. We've got some creative names going here now. (laughs) 
<laughs> and thank you all for listening. And we'll talk to you again in about two weeks.